The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, did you get duped walking into work this morning? Did your kids do something really clever? Find yourself peeing this morning, groggy eyed on a bunch of saran wrap over your toilet? Isn't that the kind of the go to? I think that's one of the iconic April Fool's Day pranks. I'd love to hear if you had any just delightful pranks that have gone off just perfectly for you or the most epic fail of all time. I've I've seen newspapers who have just nailed it. They And I don't know why you get sucked into these articles and you're just like, this can't be real. And in the back of your head, it's no alarm bells are going off of what day of the week or month it is. And you read to the very end and finally they get to April Fool's. I remember when I first started producing, the first year I was at 6.30 Ched, uh, it was counselor Mike Nickel who wanted to come on one of our shows and he wanted to make this huge announcement for the city of Edmonton and it was going to be so out there and we were going to keep up the joke for the full 29 minutes of the half hour he was in. He was going to talk through like the funding of how it was going to work. You know, it was going to require quadrupling the size of council. I, I can't remember all the details of what he wanted to announce. And we're like, okay, this is going to be awesome. And then right at the 30, just before we go to news, we're going to say April Fool's. And then we, thank goodness, the boss intercepted and said, just a quick reminder that we're a news station. And uh, for people who are hopping in and out of the car or if they're listening from work and they, they have to put the radio on pause for a second to answer a question of a coworker, and they don't catch you saying April Fool's, there is going to be a brawl at City Hall for this announcement that doesn't exist. And it's kind of a hard thing to shake off after saying, ah, just kidding. It was a joke. Sorry you didn't hear the punchline of April Fool's. But one thing I've never stopped to do is to question the origin um, of April Fool's Day. And Brad Whisker, who's the brains behind the entire operation that is the 630 Chet Afternoon News, he said, I'm, I'm looking for a folklore expert. And I'm like, I thought we we're going to talk April Fool's. He's like, exactly. I had no idea how far the state's back. And again, there's a lot of discussion to be had about what story is actually true. And maybe the whole thing's a prank. But I'm hoping we'll get this all sorted out with Dr. Ian Brody, who's an associate professor of folklore from Cape Breton University. Hello, doctor. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm very well. Have you uh, come across any delightful pranks in your wake throughout the day? My son tried a couple today, and I had to play a lot. But uh, most of the time, this is also a good day for those who aren't, uh, aren't good at handling pranks. To just sit in the office and not open the door too much. How about yourself? Yeah, we're not very trusting. It's so it's so funny on this day. I don't actually know if this is a prank, but something brand new to our emails today is every time we get an email in giant bold, it's taking over almost our entire screen. It says, sent from ex- external sender. And that's not a particularly funny prank, if that's what Chorus is trying to do. But all of us wrote it off as, oh, it must be a prank. It'll go away tomorrow. It's not funny, but yeah. you just don't trust anything to be fact today. You, everything needs to go swimmingly or you're just going to distrust anything there. Yeah. 
Hey, Dr. Brody, I'm going to throw you on hold really quick. I'm having a really hard time understanding you. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, no. Bauer's just going to make sure to set you up. Maybe if there's another call uh, or phone you can call from, but just going to put you on hold really quick. We'll, we'll figure it out. Dr. Ian Brody is from Cape Breton University, spending a little bit of time on the East Coast today, and actually completely unrelated. Today, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law are making the drive from Vancouver Island, where my brother-in-law's family lived, to Nova Scotia. They're moving to just outside of Halifax. So now I'll get to say that we vacation in Nova Scotia in their wine country there, which will be wonderful. But we're talking about April Fool's Day, getting some great texts in right now. Oh, they're getting, thank you, Lyle. We're getting political. Biggest joke today is the federal liberals implementing a carbon tax. That's like backing up the Titanic and taking another run at that iceberg. The ship is going down and he's opening the hull some more. Nice. Larry said in about grade five, I thought I would give our new Australian exchange teacher a scare on April 1st by putting my pet mouse in the top drawer of her desk. She opened the drawer. Oh gosh, I should have read this first. This is awful. Larry, Larry from Pinoka, you must be traumatized. I think you can probably guess where we just went with this. Oh my gosh. Okay, so he put his pet mouse in the top drawer of her desk. She opened the drawer, saw the mouse, and beat it to death with a ruler in your grade five class. Oh my gosh, that's traumatizing. Okay, we're going to get back. Larry, I'm feeling for you right now. I, I had pet rats. I know I can't say that in Alberta, but I, I grew up in a small town in BC where we were able to have pet rats. And I brought my pet rat nosy to class grade four and she was in that open desk you know where you could keep all your books before and I was so worried about getting busted I thought it was the sneakiest thing I ever did but she came out and we still have the story of her living through a day in my grade four classroom Dr. Ian Brody sorry to hold you put you on hold like that that's all right ah there you go we're much clearer okay Excellent. April Fool's Day first of all you said you had to play along with your son what did he try to pull on you this morning Oh, he just sort of surprised me with a couple of things. He printed off the internet, and I sort of turned around and, oh, some, something terrifying that I uh, wasn't expecting in a particular place. It was hanging from the, the window of the, uh, the mirror of the car. He oh. got his mother to, to help. Oh, it, that, uh, that's it was a good sweet. effort. Uh, okay, so I'm looking, and there seems to be all kinds of different ideas and theories about where April Fool's Day first began. One is saying in 1582 with Pope Gregory... Uh, changing the Gregorian calendar to replace the Julian calendar. That meant New Year's Day got moved to France from April 1st to January 1st. Another theory says it's actually from Chaucer's The Canterbury Tales when he wrote uh, 32nd day of March, which was thought to be a joke because there is no 32nd day of March. But now Mm -hmm. medievalists are saying it's a misprint. What story do you know and which one do you live by as a folklore expert? Well, the one that's probably closest, it's difficult because there's a, people have been doing tricks at this time of year uh, back to the Roman times. It isn't quite as recent as the 15 or 1600s. Uh, spring is a regular occasion for this because it's about the changing of the seasons and it's about, um, it's about an optimistic changing of the seasons. But, I mean, you've just listened to the weather in Edmonton. The weather here is the same. Uh, beginning of April, you never know whether you're going to get a hot day or a cold day. And so there's just something about things being upset and not knowing where it's going. So that, that kind of imbalance is, is kind of common at this time of year. 
So you have these things around the world. There's uh, Indian festivals. There's obviously European festivals. But where pranks have been done at this time of year, gentle, teasing, playful days. Um, it became, I think, doubly associated with April 1st because of that story of the shifting of the calendar. Uh, New Year used to be on uh, March 25th, not actually April 1st. And they moved it back to January. And uh, there is there's sort of two things involved with that. One is that the New Year celebrations used to take uh, eight days. There, there would be sort of eight days of festivals. So the eighth day was basically the first, the beginning of, of the next month. And that was traditionally a day for... Uh, for um, uh, frivolity and play. Uh, then there's the story, and this is where we kind of enter into the world of what we sometimes call metafolklore. Uh, folklore about the history of folklore traditions, which aren't necessarily true, but become their own stories. And I think that's the idea that people started to, uh, the calendar got shifted back to January, and not everyone followed immediately. So the idea that the people who were still stuck on the old calendar, still insisted on not following the new calendar, were uh, somehow foolish and backwards and therefore the subject of pranks. And that's so why I they were called April Fools, because they were celebrating at the wrong time. They were fools. That, that, that is kind of the idea. And again, I don't know how historical that is, but that certainly has been a popular story about this day for a couple of centuries now. Does the fact that we continue to adapt this, uh, whether we agree where it began or not, does it surprise you that this is a tradition that's hung on? No, it never surprises me, because the thing to remember is that it's fun. And we don't always need to find a particular rationale or a deep, serious meaning for engaging in something that's fun. They're, uh, I mean, the, the, you can engage them, uh, as, as my son did, as the, the, the guy who brought his mouse to school. That was kind of crazy. But you can be young and participate in this, and you can do it against people that you are in positive, healthy relationships with, uh, and you reaffirm your friendship by momentarily threatening them, or you reaffirm your status. So it's something where kids can do it to adults, and it's just one of those days of the year where the power becomes inverted, just temporarily, just in play. Uh, and uh, we can engage in something that is risky but safe behavior. It does remind me a lot of how you either participate or you don't participate in Halloween. We have people in the exactly. office that get completely decked out and others, they pretend like nothing different is happening until they get home to hand out candy, likely not in costume because it's just not their thing. I'm someone, I just, I feel like I'm not creative enough when it comes to pranks for them to be epic. Like you hear some people, they just have it in their bones. They're always the class clown all the way through elementary school. Uh, I, I have friends who went and put all of the, the faculty, uh, the staff from our high school, they put all of their cars up on flatbed decks and then somehow got cinder blocks around them. So it was quite an ordeal and the school was out there watching the staff just in full panic. And I'm just like, I would never think of that. Yeah, there's something, a, a prank that's done well is just, there's a, a beauty to it that you can't really dispute. Uh, and I, I grew up in Ottawa, and the engineering students would always do these incredible feats of engineering on April 1st because they figured out how to do it. And it was something they could obviously reverse, which is important. You, you put an end to it. That story you were talking about with the new story that would go uh, uh, an announcement for 29 minutes and then only the last 30 seconds would you, would you reveal. The thing about a prank is that you need that moment of reveal. You need that moment of release and you need everything to, to come back uh, together. So 
anything that's actually damaging or threatening to property isn't a successful prank, but something that can be undone, or someone can be embarrassed, but then they can be, uh, their embarrassment can abide or abate, and it can all be taken as a good joke, it needs to have an ending to it, so that the engineering students could do something extraordinary, but ultimately not damaging and ultimately reversible, but just makes you... Uh, think that something is wrong. Something has gone amiss, and the, the, the dupe, the person who has fallen for it, doesn't know exactly how it got to that place, but they need to play along. So just this wonderful, creative, uh, imaginative little performance that we do this time of year. While I have someone with your specialization on the phone, I have to say, in university, one of my favorite courses of all time was fairy tales and folklore. And it was talking uh-huh. about so many of our present-day stories and how they've been adapted through the years and the decades and the centuries. And I still hold on to this book. It's, it remains on my bookshelf talking about... It gives every story and how it's changed of Little Red Riding Hood, of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And Cinderella, it's quite gruesome. In the original Original, she slices off her foot in order to to get it into that silver oh, slipper, the, the, and that's not something you're going to see. Slice off their feet. Oh, that's right. Which, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the first stepsister slices off her, the, her toes. The second step, uh, uh, stepsister slices off her ankle, and the prince falls for it until a bird calls down and says, "Look, there's blood coming out of the side of the shoe," and the prince comes back, and so uh, and then you know, and then eventually lands on Cinderella. And at, at the end, no less, the, the sisters uh, hobbled because they've, they've broken their feet. Nevertheless, they accompany her to the wedding, and these same birds come and pluck out their eyes in punishment. That's not a children's story by any stretch of the imagination. You got me excited. I love talking about Cinderella. Yeah. Okay, so is that the one that kind of... I wanted to ask what your favorite stories are that many of us don't know the origins of. Oh, well, that's a big question. Uh, there's something about uh, the, the the Bluebeard fairy tale, which is always very appealing. Uh, I don't know if you uh, know that one. Uh, you'll probably know it uh, once I start talking. But uh, a, a man marries a young woman and brings him back and brings her back to his castle, and she's allowed to go anywhere uh, in any of the room of the castle apart from this one. Uh, where she's forbidden to access this room, and she uh, one day he leaves, and so of course her curiosity gets the better of her, and she opens up this room, and immediately all this blood pours out and stains, and she and she enters into the room, she sees so the bodies of all his previous wives, and uh, she and she hears she fe- uh, sees him coming back over the sea or over the lake, and she's desperately trying to clean up, and she can't do it, and I'm not going to spoil it for you because. That would ruin it, but it, it 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 reminds you once again that these were not stories that were meant for children. Uh, children could listen to them, children could learn from them, but they are stories of danger and fear and taboo and cunning, and they're they're just really the thing about a fairy tale is not how very old it is. It's it's the idea that it's constantly can be made new, which is its real power. I cannot thank you enough for your time this afternoon. You are more than welcome. Okay, we'll have to talk again. That's Dr. Ian Brody. He's a professor and uh, an associate professor of folklore at Cape Breton University. I got an update from Larry. He's the one who tried to pull an April Fool's prank 
on his Australian exchange teacher put his pet mouse in her drawer. She opened the drawer and beat the mouse to death with a ruler. I imagine that would be pretty traumatic for grade five students to see. And Larry responds right away. What? For, for me? Traumatic? Me or the mouse? I'm fine. The mouse is dead. All right. Larry's gotten over it. I think I'm a little bit more bothered than he is. Emmett says, my daughter, this is very thoughtful, out of Red Deer, my daughter painted dried glue from her hot glue gun and made it look like she spilled nail polish all over my laptop. Genius. This one from Big G. Darn co-worker taped over all the mouse sensors down the hall at our office. So we thought we had an IT crisis. Everyone restarted their computers, sent in IT tickets. They were freaking out. It fooled me too. So good. That's clever. I think that's hilarious and thoughtful. The IT department, less amused, I imagine. Chris has been hanging on. Hey, Chris. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I keep I, I keep wanting to get the nerve to, like, prank someone by saying absurd, something absurd, but you're just going to be like, that's not funny. So I wanted to do something there, call you Robert, and then you'd be like, well, you're not going to respond to me because your name's Chris. That's that's all the cleverness I've got. You have hey, a Becky, I love it. It's great. <laughs> you have an April Fool's Day story. I imagine better than mine. Well, actually, yeah. I, uh, I have a friend that's a realtor in Calgary, and she posted this morning something that was done by the Daily Hive, which was talking about a $5.1 billion investment into Calgary by the MGM Grand out of Las Vegas to build a gambling hub in Calgary and do a resort. And uh, one of the radio stations in Calgary also picked it up and uh, was, I guess, apparently unaware that it was a prank, or they were aware that it was a prank and decided that they were just going to have fun with it. But where it becomes really funny is that there was a counselor in the city of Calgary that texted into the show talking about how their, uh, their policies have spurred the investment and that they're proud of the city council and that things are turning around in the Calgary economy. No! That just, like, beautiful ripple effect. It just kept getting better and better. It, it really did, and the best part, of course, you know, our team may not be getting into the playoffs, Calgary might, but at least we got to, you know, laugh at them for a $5.1 million joke. Brilliant. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Bye-bye. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.